When it comes to your eating habits, how closely do you follow the USDA's dietary guidelines? Are you consuming enough fruits and vegetables? In today's special bonus episode, I'm talking with Brendan Kessler, an innovation strategist with Van Junen Farms. Welcome to the Food for Thought podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Hallstrom. Listen in as we talk about the evolution of Americans' eating habits, especially as they relate to fruits and vegetables. We take a deeper dive into why consumers struggle to get the recommended daily amount of fruits and veggies, as well as learning more about the TrueServe program that Van Junen Farms is introducing to help make sure we're all getting the nutrients we need. Enjoy the episode! Brendan, welcome to the Food for Thought podcast. How are you doing today? I'm great. Um, Aaron, it's so great to be here, and thank you, for, uh, thank you for having me. It's great to have you on. I'm excited to roll up our sleeves and talk about what we are about to dig into today. There is so much information that you're bringing to the table. And yes, I'm throwing in as many food-related puns as I can. So I know I'm excited well as well. Yes, yes. I know I don't know a whole heck of a lot about you and your background. And if I don't know, I'm imagining most of our audience doesn't know. So can you tell me a bit about yourself, your background, what it is that you do at Van Drunen Farms? Absolutely, yes. So again, thanks for having me. Um, So I'm Brennan Kessler. I'm the innovation strategist for Van Drunen Farms. And just a little bit about my background. I've actually spent my entire career in the nutrition industry, so um, just, just uh, over 15 years now. And um, I have uh, degrees in exercise science as well as healthcare administration and have spent the last three and a half years doing additional um, graduate research studies directly in the field of human nutrition. And human nutrition is, is very much my passion. And so I have research interests um, primarily in global malnutrition, um, also in the field of nutritional epidemiology, and then I've also done quite a bit of research on um, the benefits associated with, with uh, fruits and, and uh, vegetable consumption. So yeah, that's a little bit about me, and, and maybe I'll also take just a moment, if it's okay, Aaron, to also introduce Van Drunen Farms. So Van Drunen Farms, um, my employer, I've um, been with just for the last six months. And so Van Drunen Farms, it really always starts back at the agricultural level for us, where we've been farming for over 160 years. And we also have over 50 years of manufacturing expertise, and we really combine those two attributes together. And that's, that's really what enables us to become um, the global leader in uh, fruit and vegetable ingredients today. So we're functional experts who grow, manufacture, research, and create whole food-based ingredients. And we do that for food and nutrition brands all over the world. So that's a little bit about me and, and uh, Van Drunen Farms as an organization as well. Well, thank you for that information. I, what I really honed in on when you were talking is the nutrition component of your background. And I know for the food processing audience, nutrition equates to the dietary guidelines, um, probably more so than anything else. So based on that, I want to dig in a little bit about the dietary guidelines. So Great. Right, right. So we know the USDA, um, you know, we're in the 2020 to 2025 guidelines. 
And because you have the background that you do, what observations have you found or seen with what American eating habits are like? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, so to your point, Aaron, the USDA has just released in, in December 2020 um, their ninth edition of the dietary guidelines. So this is, a, this is a really core scientific document that comes out every five years. And really, the, like the, the foundational goal of the USDA dietary guidelines is these really become the scientific foundation in America for food programs and education initiatives and, and uh, food policy. So, you know, for most Americans, probably the most visible way that they see the guidelines in action is the MyPlate program. And so people were very familiar with the food pyramid, and then that was transitioned into the MyPlate program today. And so this is probably the most visible way that um, consumers really see the USDA dietary guidelines translated in a way that they can, consumers can go to the, the MyPlate website and actually make an application of the guidelines directly to their, to their dietary patterns. So, you know, from my review of, of the latest dietary guidelines, um, there, there are a couple of, of primary themes that we can we can unpack a little bit, but, but two primary themes that really come to light for anyone that, that, that does read the document. Um, first is that the USDA heavily emphasizes nutrient density. And so this is a, it's a really great shift in, in, in the ninth edition of, of the guidelines. It's actually evident even right from the title that the new title of the document is Make Every Bite Count, which I absolutely love. Um, and so really we see this concept emerge over nutrient density. And so this is a concept that the USDA is emphasizing as extremely important that we really focus on the quality of every single thing that we eat. So this really reflects just this constant deepening of the connection between the foods we eat every day and our, our, our overall health. And so um, the other thing that we see emphasized in, in the new version of the USDA Dietary Guidelines is that nutritional needs vary by life stage. And so this is one of the first versions of, of the USDA Dietary Guidelines that actually have recommendations by life stage. And so we see the USDA acknowledging that the actual needs of different groups varies throughout life. And so we see the USDA emphasizing a healthy dietary pattern through all of these different life stages. That involves infants and toddlers to children to adults, um, recognizes the special need of, of pregnant and lactating mothers, and then also goes into older adults. So really, really focusing on um, life stages all the way across. And this is, this is really important. If you, if you, as you dig into the dietary guidelines, um, I always love that USDA will include some charts that show adherence to the guidelines by um, different life stages. And so if you, if you look at these charts, we always see that we start out life um, adhering to the guidelines pretty strongly as there's more, you know, parents are very heavily involved with the food decisions they make for their children. But then as we get older, and especially into our teenage years, our adherence to the USDA dietary guidelines really declines and, and reaches its, its low point for, um, for our lives. And then as we start to get a little bit older, as our education goes up, as we make a deeper connection to what we eat and our overall health, we see that adherence go back up. And so I think the USDA took a really wise approach to focusing on the unique dietary needs of all those different life stages and emphasizing for the American consumer how to make healthy decisions in each of those individual life stages. So that's a little bit about the USDA dietary guidelines and what we're, what we're seeing from like a, like a very macro level. 
Um, I'd be happy to dig in a, a little bit more into some of the details, and maybe we can talk about some of the items very specifically that the USDA has called out for Americans to increase and decrease. This is always kind of, kind of the nuts and bolts that consumers are looking for of, you know, what do I actually eat more of and, 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 and what do I eat less of? And so mm-hmm. some of the items that the USDA is asking us to increase in our diets, which are really important, starting at a very general level, there's a really good emphasis on whole foods. And this goes back to what we talked about a minute ago on the USDA's emphasis around nutrient density. So there's a, there's a, there's a very significant focus on Americans should be eating as many whole, unrefined, nutrient-dense foods as possible. We, we, we especially see this true in like the whole grain category, where the USDA quotes that Americans are actually over-consuming on grain products, but under-consuming on whole grains. And so we see the importance of emphasizing a whole nutrient-dense diet. Um, maybe digging, digging in a little bit more into the weeds, we see the USDA recommending um, all throughout their guidelines that we increase our consumption of fruits and vegetables. This, of course, is a really key area of research for me, very key area of, of interest for Van Duren Farms. And so, you know, on average, um, the, the, actual, the actual recommendations will vary by life stage, but on average, adults should be eating around two cups of fruit per day. And we see that 80%, which is a staggering number, of the population still does not consume this, this serving recommendation. When we move to vegetables, it's actually even a little bit worse. On average, we should be consuming about 2.5 cups a day. And we see that 90% of the population is still not consuming enough vegetables. So these are pretty staggering numbers that we see that we need to do something fairly drastic to increase fruit and vegetable consumption um, across the American diet. When, when we under-consume really core things like fruits, vegetables, whole grains as well, we also kind of drilling even further into the weeds, we end up having shortfalls of, of very specific nutrients. So the USDA has classified several items as nutrients of public health concern. Um, these are very important. We have dietary fiber on that list, which the USDA says that 85% of the population um, are now deficient in dietary fiber. Again, a staggering number. And we also have um, things like potassium, calcium, and vitamin D. Most of these deficiencies are as a result of not consuming those nutrient-dense whole foods that we were talking about. So those are really kind of the key things that the American public should be focused on increasing. And as a food industry, we should also be focused on how can we play a role in designing foods that, that actually have these um, nutrient shortfalls and, and can, help, can help consumers meet these gaps. There are also some very, very logical things that the USDA is asking us to decrease, um, highly refined foods. And so just like we emphasize increasing whole foods, we also need to, need to at the same time decrease our consumption of, of very highly refined foods. We're also asked to decrease food additives like salt, sugar, and fat. Um, that happens naturally as we start to eliminate highly refined foods from our diet. Also asked to decrease sodium. Sodium has become... Um, always of increasing importance featured in, in the USDA dietary guidelines, and then just making sure we're not consuming too many calories. You know, from, from my read of the USDA dietary guidelines, I mean, those are some of kind of the macro and micro level, level trends that are really important for American consumers to understand. No, that was great. Um, as you were talking, it made me realize how because I have been – working from home for the last year, far more frequently than I was ever before, I've been able to consume 
foods, especially my fruits and vegetables, in a way that is better for my body. And so when you were talking about sure. the two coops, the two cups of fruit per day and vegetables, I you know did like a little you know yay in the sky um, because I'm like, <laughs> yes, I actually am hearing adhering to the dietary guidelines. Go me. Um, but um, but again, a lot of that is because I have been working from home for the last year because of, I not jokingly say, yours and mine and everybody else's favorite pandemic topic, um, COVID-19. So I'm curious, um, how has the, the quarantine, COVID-19 um, pandemic in general, how has it had an impact on Americans and how they're consuming French fruits and vegetables. I'm curious because I know my experience, but from your observations, have you noticed a similar thing to like, hey, people are eating more or shoot, maybe they're eating less? That, that's an absolutely great question. Um, it's, it, it's a really interesting point of research. You know, because COVID is still, of course, still happening now and, 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 and still so recent, some of the research and data will be, you know, kind of on, you know, kind of up and coming over the next couple of months and years. But, um, we, we, you know, as Andrew and Farmers, we did take a look at some of the data from Mintel on this, um, which, 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 did, which did provide some interesting insights into the consumer response for COVID-19. And so, you know, very similar to what you said, um, a lot of the Mintel data shows that, that Americans during the COVID-19 pandemic have responded with a desire to consume more fruits and vegetables. This probably reflects a continued deepening understanding of the connection between diet and health. And maybe even taking that one step further with COVID specifically, you know, Americans have also started to connect their immune health, which also the type of foods they eat. And so according to Mintel, we see that the COVID-19 pandemic has prompted more North American consumers to try to eat more fruits and vegetables, reflecting this stronger awareness and link between the quality of their diet and, 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 and their overall health. And so to your point, we, we have seen that Americans have definitely tried to incorporate more fruits and vegetables due to this growing awareness between their diet and, and overall health. Um, there are still barriers, though, that do prevent some people from eating enough fruits and vegetables. And as we see from the guidelines, this still impacts um, a lot of people. And so hopefully we're seeing a little bit of, of shift in movement as a result of COVID towards people consuming more fruits and vegetables, but there are still a lot of barriers. And when we look into public health research on, you know, why, why doesn't everyone consume enough fruits and vegetables since we know that that's, that's linked to, you know, to an overall healthier body and healthier immune system, healthier health, you know, just overall, overall better health. Um, there are a lot of barriers that public health research reveals around why people don't consume enough fruits and vegetables. There are reasons like accessibility, um, cost is, is sometimes quoted as, as a reason. Um, things like taste can also be a reason. But w one of the primary leading reasons that always really interests me is that consumers quote that eating fruits and vegetables can be inconvenient or what some researchers actually kind of fascinatingly call time poverty. And so that's one reason why a lot of people probably like yourself, Aaron, have commented that as maybe they've been home more and have, 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 have had a little bit more time they've started to increase consumption of fruits and vegetables. But this issue of inconvenience, of, of eating whatever convenient to fuel our very busy, hectic, kind of on-the-go life, this is a very real factor for the American public. 
And so that's always one of the challenges that I take as kind of a, kind of a food science person and food formulator is, you know, how can we ultimately make fruits and vegetables more convenient for people to consume? Because um, hopefully COVID has shifted things slightly in the right direction. When we look at those numbers of, you know, 80 to 90% gap in consumption, those are staggering numbers. And so we have to do something as an industry quite drastic if we're really going to make a dent in those, in, in, in that enormous gap in, in, in consumption of fruits and vegetables. So certainly making things more convenient for consumers um, will, will be a big win towards closing that gap. So other than a scolding from a family physician, what are the implications of not eating enough fruits and vegetables? Yeah, that, that's also a great question. So you know, one thing that I, I guess one thing I always emphasize to people is, 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 you know, the USDA dietary guidelines are really an incredible scientific work. The amount of, of data and research and, and the level of scientists involved in the formulation of the dietary guidelines, I mean, this really formulates the scientific foundation for what we should eat and what we know is linked to the healthiest possible life. And so, Ultimately, when we are not following the recommendations, so when we are falling short in key categories they recommend, you know, ultimately we're not, we're not getting the benefit of eating those health-promoting foods that are linked to the healthiest possible life through, through all of life's varying stages. And so that's really, that's really the, the foundational thing, just that we're missing out on so many of, of the health-promoting benefits from eating the foods that we know are linked to the healthiest possible life. One other consideration that I always, you know, kind of, kind of wonder about is if we are under-consuming in really core categories like fruits, vegetables, and whole grains, I always then I go and look at, well, are we under-consuming total calories? And one of the things you'll see from the guidelines is that even though we're under-consuming in really key categories, fruits, vegetables, and whole grains, we're still consuming adequate calories, and in many times we're actually over-consuming calories. So this means that we're missing key things like fruits and vegetables, but we're also replacing them from a caloric perspective with something else. And so we're missing the health-promoting benefits of things like fruits and vegetables, but we're also likely replacing those with less nutrient-dense foods. And so that's really kind of a double-edged sword of missing the benefits of fruits and vegetables and also replacing them with less nutrient-dense foods. So that's a little about maybe the implications of not eating enough fruits and vegetables and, and really just missing out on the wonderful health-promoting benefits of these uh, amazing plant-based foods. I'm going to ask you to keep your nutrition expert hat on for one more question. Sure. Um, yes. <laughs> so what have you found has prevented consumers from meeting their fruit and vegetable serving recommendations? Yeah, so this is always a really interesting topic. And so I, I touched on it just at a really high level earlier, but you know, when we look into public health research and asking the question, well, you know, if fruits and vegetables are, are so wonderful and they are, what, what's ultimately causing the American public from not consuming enough fruits and vegetables? So public health research, um, there's a variety of, of studies that have been done on this, and there are a few things that the public health research calls out. Um, one is lack of accessibility is still an issue um, around the United States for access to fruits and vegetables. Um, second, I think I mentioned this, this one earlier, is just a higher cost sometimes associated with, fruit, with uh, fresh fruits and vegetables and certain fruit and vegetable-based products. Um, one, one thing I didn't mention earlier that I'll, I'll mention briefly is nutritional confusion. There, there is just an overwhelming amount of confusing nutritional information 
out there in, in, in the public. Um, that's certainly something that people like me are out there constantly trying to, trying to eliminate that confusion, um, point people back in the direction of the USDA dietary guidelines. But there is a fair amount of nutritional confusion about what we should eat that, that ends up forming the right diet for Americans. But then I always focus on, on the fourth one, which is inconvenience. And so I mentioned earlier, I love that researchers call this time poverty. I think it's a great phrase that really describes a core problem for the American public. We are a very busy population. We have very busy lives. We are on the go. And so convenience becomes a major driver of the food decisions we make around what we're going to consume on a daily basis. And so convenience, time poverty, that's a really, really leading major contributor of what Americans eat in this country today. And of, uh, you know, of those reasons, that's always the one that really drives me um, working in the field of nutrition science is how do we offset that convenience factor? How do we as an industry make fruits and vegetables more accessible, more versatile, more convenient so that we can meet people where they are in their need for on-the-go on the go foods that support their, their busy lifestyles, but we can still get them the nutrition they need. And so that's always something that I'm um, pondering, working with companies in the industry to talk about is, you know, how do we make, how do we make fruits and vegetables more accessible, more convenient, so more people can, can um, close this gap that we have in, in fruit and vegetable consumption. So I want to pivot to something. We're going we're gonna to leave nutrition sure. science off to the side. I want to pivot to something specific to Van Drunen Farms, and that's sure. TrueServe. Can you explain what TrueServe is? Absolutely, sure. So, so TrueServe is a, is a program that Van Drunen Farms created, and really the entire goal of TrueServe is that we want to make it easier for people to consume fruits and vegetables. And so if I break it down, they're, they're really a, a, kind of a few key components to be aware of with TrueServe. So, you know, first, TrueServe always starts with Van Drunen Farms' expertise in fruit and vegetable dehydration. And when we remove the moisture from fruits and vegetables, we're enabling them to become more shelf-stable and, and more versatile. So we're, we're transforming them into dehydrated pieces and powders. And this enables them to be used in all types of food and nutrition applications. So that's really kind of the first component of TrueServe. Second, because we have extensively studied our agricultural supply chain and also our, our very unique dehydration techniques for decades and decades and accumulated years of data, we've been enabled to create a proprietary database where we can always understand the fresh equivalency of a dehydrated fruit or vegetable that we've produced. So that's really the second kind of core component of TrueServe. And then third is because because we understand the fresh equivalency of our dehydrated fruit and vegetable products, we can make the connection back to the USDA database. And so those are really kind of the three core components of what, what comprises the TrueServe program. So it's really our transparency and expertise through the entire supply chain that enables brands who use our dehydrated fruits and vegetables to make substantiated whole food serving claims, which ultimately lets consumers know exactly what's inside their products. So that's really, in a nutshell, what the TrueServe program is. So follow-up to that, uh, what prompted Van Drunen Farms and Futureceuticals to create it? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, I think there, there are probably two parts to this that prompted us to create this, this program. So you know, first, I, brands and formulators were, were really looking for ways to 
substantiate the fruits and vegetables that they were using in their formulations. And so we really saw it as an expertise to showcase our dedication to transparency all through the supply chain, um, to you know, showcase our expertise in manufacturing. And so we really saw the opportunity to link the, the, our, our fresh-to-dry ratios to the USDA serving claims, which led us to be able to support brands in their goal of making real fruit and vegetable serving claims that they were looking for. So that's kind of one piece of it. But the second piece is really that, that the consumers were, were demanding um, this type of, of, of transparency and also consuming uh, – sorry, the consumers were also desiring products that that met the changes to their eating patterns. And so this really reflects our, our creation of the TrueServe program, reflects changes to consumer eating patterns that we've seen fairly consistently o- over the past couple of decades. And so, you know, a few examples. One is we see this ongoing trend of consumers wanting clean labels. Consumers want to be able to flip, o- you know, flip over a package and they want to be able to pronounce the ingredients and understand what's in a product. And so, this has really resulted in brands shifting towards more whole food ingredients that are very easy for consumers to understand. So that's a big piece of it. And then, um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, consumers have continued to deepen in their understanding of the connection, the very deep connection between the foods we eat and our overall health. And so as consumers have, have consistently become more and more in tune with the way that the foods they eat benefit their overall um, lifestyle and hopefully their desire to, to be to be healthy. Um, this has led consumers to shop for the type of healthy lifestyle-oriented products that are that are supportive of their goals. And so, we've seen very significant growth in lifestyle products like you know whole food smoothies and plant-based options and ready-to-eat healthy bars that that support their very busy, hectic, you know, on-the-go lifestyle. And so, it's it, it's partly been because brands are desiring to showcase the real ingredients they're using and tell consumers about those ingredients. But it's also been consumer-led because consumers are changing the type of products that, that the industry makes because they're, they're demanding healthier products that, that fuel the type of healthier, healthier lifestyles that they're desiring. What kind of applications can formulators create with TrueServe? Yeah, so you know, the, the, probably one of the main things I love about TrueServe is just how versatile it is, how diverse it is. I mean, you can really use TrueServe about anywhere that you're creating a food or nutrition product. It's so versatile. So we, we can really use TrueServe anywhere that a brand wants to deliver and showcase the whole real you know, fruits and vegetables that they're using. So you know, if we think about maybe the most common applications for TrueServe, most commonly we see brands that are focused on producing shelf-stable, um, very convenient, you know, on-the-go formulations. So things like ready-to-mix beverages, um, every possible type of convenience foods, whether it's cereals or snacks or food bars, um, the whole gamut of, of nutritional supplements. And so really anywhere that brands are using you know, shelf-stable, dehydrated fruit and vegetables, um, TrueServe is a great option to showcase for consumers what they're using in their products. Can it be customized to deliver unique or specific um, serving or piece claims? Yes, absolutely. So Yes, uh, brands absolutely love customization, and so um, we, you know, we really see, we really try to work as an extension to our partners' R and D teams, and so we we really try to join them in their art, in their research and development efforts, in their product formulation efforts, and so we want to understand their goals of what they're trying to achieve, 
And then based on their unique formulation goals, we can work with them to help them achieve those goals. And so, you know, for, for example, I mean, there, there could be a brand that has a very specific claim. They want to formulate a smoothie or, or a food bar that perhaps it delivers one or maybe even two, you know, whole real servings of fruits and vegetables. And so we can, we can formulate an entirely custom blend very specific to their needs. Um, so that's no problem at all. But, you know, even outside of claims, we also get requests for things like, you know, can you help us with specific applications, with sensory targets, um, with cost targets. And so we can do all of those things. So, we, we, you know, again, we really want to partner with brands. We want to be an extension to their R&D teams. And so the goal is really to partner with them to understand what they're trying to achieve, what they're trying to deliver to their consumers, and then we're more than happy to fully customize everything um, to, to, to meet their needs. There are also companies that call me. They want something very quickly. And so, you know, for those organizations, we do have some pre-formulated or kind of pre-optimized um, pre-formulated kind of pre-optimized true serve blends. And so we, we do have a greens blend and a veggie blend and, and a fruit blend that are, that are always available to brands. And so um, that's available for something very, very easy as well. But certainly, you know, whether it's, whether it's uh, organic or conventional, whether it's sensory targets, um, certain claims they want to make, fully versatile, fully customizable um, to your specific brand needs. I want to touch back to consumer behavior for a second and talk sure. a bit about cons- yeah, and talk a bit about consumer reactions. Have you found consumers seem to care more about seeing fruit and vegetable serving claims on the label? And does the on-label claim seem to be influencing consumer purchasing habits? Yeah, so, you know, as a consumer, I, I, and as someone who, who, you know, is also out there shopping for healthy, for healthy products to, to fuel my own lifestyle, you know, I, I would always instantly say yes. But I think one of the things that, that we did as a company is we wanted to put a little bit, a little bit more data um, behind that. And so we actually did our own polling survey in late 2020 to, to really to answer that exact question. And so what we found, um, which, was, which was really great data, is that we found that 74% of consumers said they would indeed be influenced to buy a product that included fruit and vegetable serving claims. So that was very, you know, just kind of, kind of reaffirmed our, our own internal suspicions. And then our, our, our polling also found that around 54% of consumers said they would prefer to see fruit and vegetable serving claims very prominently displayed on the front panel, um, you know, kind of, kind of recognizing that consumers are looking for these, consumers are always looking for label transparency. And so they want things that they're looking for to be very prominent, to be very easy to find, so they can instantly look at something and kind of know, know what they're buying. And so, you know, from our own experience as people that are also consumers out there, you know, trying to buy healthy products every day, and also from, from our own survey that we, that we funded and did, you know, we, we think it's definitely clear that fruit and vegetable serving claims really help highlight the better for you healthy ingredients that are inside a product. And it's a great win for brands so they can showcase the whole food ingredients. And it's an awesome win for consumers because it makes shopping and finding healthy, you know, healthier products a lot easier. So, so we think, yes, we think consumers um, have definitely responded that on-label claims and fruit and vegetable serving claims are important to them and actually also can lead to can lead to influencing their uh, their buying habits as well. I want to wrap up our episode today by asking if someone wanted to get in contact with the team at Van Junen Farms to learn more about TrueServe, how could they go about it? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, on our website, which is just www.vandrenandfarms.com um, forward slash contact, if you, if you want you want the contact form, um, there's a very easy way to contact us through our website. If you're not in touch with Vandrenand Farms already today, um, of course, many, many brands around the world are already working with Vandrenand Farms. And so for those brands, they can easily reach out to anyone on our sales and customer service team. And, you know, this is something that, that really all across the organization we're, we're really excited about. And so um, everyone is, is well aware of this program and, and, you know, eager to work with brands on it. So feel free to reach out to anyone on the Van Drunen Farms team. And if you're not in touch with us already today, we'd love for you to go to the website, um, www.vandrunenfarms.com. Um, there's a contact link right there, and you can fill that out, and we'd be glad to get in touch with you. Brendan, thank you so much for sitting down with me today and being a part of the Food for Thought podcast. Thank you so much, Aaron. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, absolute pleasure. Um, I, yeah, thank you for listening to, to those of you listening. And so, yeah, you know, may, maybe just uh, I guess in closing, you know, I would just say, you know, I, I, think our, I think our excitement around TrueServe is primarily, you know, really, really around the way that this helps consumers. Um, and so, you know, for me as a nutritionist, I always think about parents that are, that are shopping, that are trying to make healthy food decisions, especially for their children. And so um, it's just great to have a program that enables transparency. Um, it enables great whole, you know, fruit and vegetable serving claims. And I think this can make a very real difference for people that are shopping and trying to make healthier choices. I think it's a great tool for people um, that are going to help close the gap by making, by making fruit and vegetables more convenient, by, by, by making them more convenient for consumers. And so, yeah, we're just so excited about, about the TrueServe program and ultimately the way it can help consumers. And we really hope this becomes a very meaningful tool to help close the gap in, in, in U.S. fruit and vegetable consumption. And so, yeah, we're really excited about it. Thank you so much for the opportunity to sit down with you. I um, appreciate all the great questions and, and always a pleasure to talk to you. listening to the Food for Thought podcast today, thank you for tuning in. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about everywhere you can listen to a podcast. Be sure to tune in next time as we talk more about the stories behind the headlines of the food and beverage industry. Take care. Have a great day.